Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dads on the Rocks podcast. This is episode 11 of the show. Thank you all so much for joining today. Uh, today's guest is a buddy of mine that I've uh, come to greatly respect as a father, a man, and now a friend. Uh, my guest for today's show is Mr. Christian Rogers. Christian, say hello to everybody. Good evening, everyone. Uh, Christian, it's so weird to call you Christian, by the way, because I would just call, <laughs> call you Rogers, but I'm going to have to start getting used to calling you by your first name. That's fine. <laughs> um Christian, what are you drinking tonight? As always, we start with a toast, so let's hear it. Cheers, my friend. I'm drinking uh, Jefferson's Small Batch Bourbon. It is one of my personal favorites. Is that your normal, like, go-to one? Uh, No, normally I go with the Bullet Bourbon. I like the rye. Oh, so just like me. Yeah, but lately I've been uh, buying the Jefferson's, and this is the last bit that I have. So cheers to you and your uh, listeners. Cheers. Uh, Today I am having my beer for... Uh, the day for September beer challenge, something I've, this is the eighth year that I've been doing it, which is wild. Today's is a left-hand milk, uh, peanut butter milk stout. By the time this comes out, I, I would have had this like a week ago. So I've had several since then, but anyways, to you, Christian, to everybody out there who's having a drink with us. Cheers. Are you a fan of IPA? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I know IPA had a big phase for a while and yeah, uh, I liked IPAs way before that, but mm-hmm. for me, like the, the more it destroys your palate, the better. Really? So I, I like them extremely strong. Gotcha. Okay. I like beers of all different kinds. Um, actually, right. today's the peanut butter milk stout. I'm not a big fan because it's just so heavy and I like a lighter body with a stronger punch. But every beer that I've ever had is a good beer. So for the most part. I've actually just started drinking beer in the last year. Really? I've always been. Yeah. It's always been wine or bourbon for me. It's never really been beer. And then, uh, one of our coworkers, we went out to dinner one night and they ordered a pitcher of Yingling. And I'm like, oh, I'll have a glass. And then it's been like Yingling, Stella, light beers like that. Nothing uh, other too heavy. I'm not a big fan of the IPAs either. Oh, okay. So. It's something that I pride myself on, especially when, you know, back when we could go out to, uh, to lunch and dinner and things like that, going out for drinks, uh, pre-kids and pre-COVID. Something that I prided myself on was somebody would hand me the menu and say, Freddie, what, what should I drink? And I kind of get to know their palate a little bit. I mm-hmm. do it with with a few of my friends, and for the most part, I'm right on the nose. I'd say, no, this is a little bit too heavy, or this is a little bit too fruity, uh, but I know what people traditionally drink, and I can usually right. get it like eight or nine times out of ten. So nice. it's, a, it's, a, it's a gift. Right. I'll drink to that. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> if anybody is interested in a shirt, they are $15. So send me a, a text or e- email to dadsontherockspodcast at gmail.com if you're interested, and we'll get you squared away with your size and all that stuff uh christian please tell our guest a little bit about yourself uh anything that you'd like to give away all right uh like my man freddie said my name is christian rogers uh i'm a father of two i have a 10 year old girl and a seven year old son i've been married for 12 years and i've been with my wife since 2002 so it's been a long long time we're approaching our 20 year uh, next year so i've already been told what i'll be getting her Uh, for that anniversary (laughs) so i'm sure a lot of men can relate to that fatherhood is amazing i've enjoyed every moment of it even the bad times i look back and reflect on you know what i can learn and what i can do better and uh that's about it i'm enjoying my daughter and her entering her preteen years so that's been a bit challenging lately yeah yeah for all the dads out there who are enjoying their daughters when they're two three and four just wait till she starts rolling her eyes at you with everything you say (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then my son my son's uh my doppelganger uh 
you know, Freddie and I were just talking about, you know, watching what if season or episode four with Dr. Strange and evil Dr. Strange and good Dr. Strange. And I kind of feel like my son and I, one day I'm good, he's bad. And other days he's good and I'm bad. <laughs> so you kind of, do you feel like you guys balance each other out sometimes since you guys are very, you and your son are very close, um, uh, close. Do you balance each other out? Yeah, we do. I mean, we share the same birthday and he was born on a Friday and I found out that I was born on a Friday. So it's very strange to, to see that we have the same initials um, and just, I mean, you know, when they say twins complete each other's sentences, I think we complete each other's thoughts sometimes. Um, I mean, we'll talk about this later in the show, but, you know, I took him to go see Shang-Chi uh, yesterday and I thought, oh, we haven't listened to the Doom soundtrack in a few days. And the moment we get in the car, that's the first thing he asked to listen to. So just <laughs> wavelengths and it's, it can be a little creepy at times, but it's a good balance. That's awesome. I, I'm I'm looking forward to. I I feel like uh, my daughter is going to be a lot more like my wife, and I think my son mm-hmm. is going to be more like me. And I base it on almost nothing, but but I feel like that's <laughs> that's how it's going to be. Um, yeah. And I look forward to seeing if uh, if we mesh like that and um, right, and, like we get along in that in that regard. So yeah, yeah. I mean, my, with my daughter, she just uh, put in an application for safety patrol at her school, and she got it. And when I was proofreading her letter. Um, you know, I'm big on leadership. I'm big on responsibility and accountability. And those were all the things that she put in for her letter. So it's, it's great to see that, you know, you, excuse me, years of putting that in is now kind of paying off and it's starting to come back, you know, and her teachers have always said, you know, she's uh, very emotionally, uh, her emotional intelligence is much higher than a lot of her classmates. Mm-hmm. So it's great to see that. I'm really proud of that and her and, and getting to see her grow. Although the attitude, not looking forward to that so much. <laughs> the fruits of your labor and sometimes the fruit is sour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are not wrong. You are not wrong. Oh, man. So anyway, let's get into the show. Um, as you know, mm-hmm. Christian, you've listened to the show before. We do uh, a few different segments in the show. Uh, the first being a parenting topic. And as you know, I like to have my guests kind of take the reins and, and talk about what they would like to talk about. So go ahead. All right. The parents topic that I'd like to discuss uh, and Freddie, you and I talk about this quite a bit, especially at work, is just finding a balance. And that balance can be, you know, whether you're dealing with your job and your family, uh, whether you're dealing with, you know, getting enough you time in for your family. And I just feel it's very important. Um, you know, growing up, uh, I saw my dad and, you know, he was working 60, 70, 80 hours a week sometimes. And it got to a point where, you know, most teenagers, you know, have their arguments with their parents. And he and I got into a huge argument one day. And I remember him saying, you know, I've put my career before my family. And that never really sat well with me. And I've always tried to do my best with balancing the two, you know, as a police officer uh, in South Florida, you know, we have the opportunity to work details and a lot of overtime assignments. And I've never been one to do that because I do value uh, my family and, and spending time with them. Um, I was a SWAT operator for seven years, uh, on our SWAT team. And there were times where, you know, I had to deal with very, very stressful calls. Um, and then I would go home and just spend time with my family and kind of, you know, on the wine a little bit. And it's, it's great to have that balance as opposed to just always putting my career first and focusing on that and then getting burned out and then going home and, uh, taking it out on the family and not, not having, uh, the backbone and relationship uh, that I have with them and the support that I have. Um, but then the other side of that is you can't put everything that you have into your family because I believe that, you know, if you do, uh, you're not going to be the best person that you can be. And Freddie, you and I talk about this all the time. I think we talk about it once a week. Um, 
where, you know, you have your video games, you have your movies, you know, I just listened to your podcast, you know, about Dungeons and Dragons. And I thought that was great. I've always wanted to learn about, you know, D&D and, and how the game is played. Um, but those are times for you to kind of unwind and step aside and really, you know, recenter yourself. And for me, you know, I, I love going to the gym. Um, I love, you know, working out. I love going for long runs. I love doing yard work. As dad as that sounds, <laughs> I do not have a pair of white New Balance. I'm not there yet, um, but you know I do enjoy yard work. And then you know I'm an avid reader. I kind of say that I'm kind of like a frustrated librarian because I'm always buying and collecting books, and then there's, I never get around to reading them. But you know whether it's 15 minutes a day or you know 20 minutes a day for you to do things that you enjoy, it allows you to balance yourself. So you can then in turn be the best father that you can be, be the best husband that you can be. Um, and I'm not saying go out every night with the boys and come home hammered, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with going home from work and taking 15 minutes to yourself, you know, and, just, and taking that time to, to, you know, unwind a little bit. So then when, you know, it's time to be with the wife and the kids, they can have your undivided attention. And, and I think that's, um, I'm having an issue with that myself. And like, even for my own show, I have a segment where we talk about what do you do for yourself? And myself lately, what I do for myself is, is this podcast and mm -hmm. preparing and uh, editing and recording the podcast. This is what I do for myself, but this is, you know, a few hours out of the month. So right. on a day-to-day -day basis, I put almost everything into the family or the house or mm -hmm. the yard work, the yard, not the yard work, but like taking care of the kids, yeah. making sure my, my wife's taken care of. Right. Um, the house is taken care of just doing chores and things like that. And I have lost so much of taking care of me mm -hmm. that I almost kind of like what Paul said uh, a couple episodes ago, like how I put so much stock into being a father, being a, a husband, right. being a homeowner that I've forgotten who I am. Mm -hmm. And that's what, like, even my wife and I today, we, we had a, a, a talk where it's so much like, I, I think so much depends on me and everything is on my shoulders and that it's, it's overwhelming to me. I don't ever, I don't know how to just relax and unwind and, and stop for a few minutes. So, mm -hmm. and that's, that's really taking its toll both on me and, and our relationship as well. So that's something that I need to actively work on. And, yeah. and it's funny that I, I, I harp on take time for yourself, do something for yourself and I can't do it myself. So yeah. it's, I, I, cause unfortunately I've, I've lost a lot of, uh, drive to play video games. Um, it just doesn't do it for me anymore. I, I can't jump into yeah. a game that I haven't played in eight months and I don't remember how the controls work. And <laughs> I get frustrated. I and... think every dad goes through that. <laughs> now, honestly, um, it's as, as silly as it sounds, I jump into any Mario game and it's jump and jump farther. And it's, it's just very easy and that's, I think it's because we just grew up in. playing that, you know, I'm sorry to mean to cut you off, but we grew up playing that. So the controls are just embedded in our mind, you know, holding down Y, you get to run faster, you know, B's jump exactly. and you're good to go where, you know, I'm trying to beat, get through the fourth level of Doom Eternal and it could be three, four <laughs> weeks before I touch a controller. And I'm like, can I go through the tutorial just for like 15 minutes? Cause I don't know how to launch a grenade. <laughs> so, um, but you know, like, like today was a perfect example. You know, I'm listening to a, a podcast uh, on the way home and I might take a longer route home, you know, and I might drive a little bit slower home and catch that red light just so I can finish, you know, the segment that I'm on. Um, I, I'm, I'm a, I majored in history in college and I'm always reading about history and listening to podcasts about history. 
And um, I listened to one called Martyr Made, and the one I was listening to today was about uh, the Soviet Union uh, and their takeover uh, of Romania, Latvia, Estonia, and the the torture that they imposed on the civilian populace. And it was very, you know, reminiscent of reading 1984, and and, and he, he referenced Clockwork Orange a lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what I'll do is, you know, I'll, I'll take a, a longer route home, I'll catch the red lights, and I'll sit in the driveway for five, 10 minutes extra, just, you know, get to a segment just so, you know, my mind is elsewhere. And I'm, you know, downloading what happened at work, I'm clearing my mind doing something I enjoy. So when I walk in the door, bam, I'm ready to go. And, and there are days where my wife's had a bad day at work, and she'll let me know when I got to go in. And I can't do that. And I've got to step up to the role and put on, you know, the Superman cape or pick up the Captain America shield. And, and do it and there are days where i tell her hey i had a really really bad day um and i think you have to have that balance uh with your spouse and kudos to those who are single parents i don't know if you have any single fathers or you know even even mothers who listen to the show but single parents you know i'll uh, you know kudos to you for juggling it because i mean being a parent is a full-time job with or without a spouse it's even harder for you you know you're doing it solo um so but that that alone time is to me is crucial yeah, it's it's funny. Like I'm I'm such in a fast paced state of mind mm-hmm. where as soon as I'm I leave work, um, I'm actually rushing home so I can get home to to help my wife because I know that she's had the kids all day, right? And I want I want to be there to help her, but I don't take a, a minute to think, am I in the right state of mind to be the best mm-hmm. help that I can be? So yeah. that I mean, yeah. and I don't know if you saw it, but on um. Uh, on my, my whiteboard at work, um, I wrote something there to kind of help myself. And it just says, be better. And it's yeah. not just be a better father, be a better husband, but just be a better me so that I can be better for them. That's, mm-hmm. that's what that's there for. So, yeah. um, but it's, it, it is very important to, to take that time for yourself oh, so that you can kind of center and, Mm-hmm. And like I said, be the, the best version of you. So you, so yeah. you can be yourself essentially. Yeah. yeah. I have a quote on one of my boards and in, in the office and I don't, I don't know the exact thing, but it's pretty much, you know, have a purpose in life. You know, when you're at work, what's your purpose at work? When you're home, what's your purpose at home? And I, and I try and tell my, I wrote a note to my daughter on the first day because she started fifth grade. And I said, you know, what's your drive? What's your purpose this year? You know, it's to be the best version of you, you know, to get to this year, to finish your elementary school year being the best student that you could be taking everything you've learned over the past five years in elementary school. So when I'm at work, I'm trying to be the best version I can be and getting as much done. Um, and when I'm at home, I'm trying to be the best father I can be. I'm trying to be the best husband I can be. And that's just, you know, what we signed up for as, you know, getting married and then bringing children to this world. Yeah. So exactly. A man provides like the quote I sent you last night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think that pretty much covers it. Be remember to take time for yourself so that you can be the best version of you so that you can be the best dad and husband that you can be. So uh, let's move on. Um, I know that you have something in mind that you want to talk about, but there's something else that I kind of want to talk about with you um, that I haven't mentioned to you yet. So I'm going to get to yours first. Christian, what is it for non-parenting topic tonight that you would like to talk about? Uh, Marvel's newest released Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Spoiler warning for everybody that hasn't seen it. Christian and I were lucky enough to see it. But if you haven't seen it, turn back now because we're going to be talking about the end and all that stuff. So fair warning. How fantastic was the movie? <laughs> First of all, when he was in his bedroom, did you see the two po- the three posters that were on his wall? Um, I remember noticing 
Yeah, I remember okay. um The Warriors, one of the most one of the greatest movies ever made. Mm-hmm. Outcast album, I think it was uh Stanconia. It was Stanconia. Yep. Yeah, that one I saw. And then a poster for Kung Fu Hustle. So Oh, okay. I, no, I didn't notice that one. I don't know the significance of all three, but kudos to the directors for putting those in there because those are <laughs> two fantastic movies and that's a great a great a great album. So I don't I don't think I've ever seen the warriors uh, oh, there's like a you're missing out um no i i don't i've never seen uh the warriors yeah it's a gang in new york city all the gangs get together one gets blamed for something and then they've got to escape new york city and get to their like you know strong point and the gang every every gang in new york is going after them so oh, wow. you know cheesy cheesy and i don't even know what year was made 70s 80s <laughs> gang movie but i highly highly recommend it noted i wonder if that has anything i mean kung fu hustle obviously um stanconi is a little bit more of his uh less than traditional chinese upbringing it's Mm -hmm. more of a modern day thing i wonder if warriors has some kind of significance as far as his character goes yeah i I wondered i was wondering Um, that as well the excellent fighting uh compared with the over the top uh marvel cinematics yeah i thought just were so so good Mm -hmm. um what was his name? Razor Fist at the beginning in the, yeah. the bus scene. Yeah. I really thought that he was going to just be there for that one scene. And then, I agree. then like he was gone, but I, I was surprised that he lasted throughout the entire movie. And I wonder if he's going to be coming back for something or other. Did you stay for the end end credits? Cause I left after the mid credits. Yes. No, I, I, I made a point to stay for both. Did it, was he there? Because I read that his sister starting up the, uh, the, the organization again. Yep. So the mid credit scene was with Wong. I saw that Wong was there, and they were talking about the uh, the rings and where they come from, and um, Captain Marvel and uh, Bruce Banner were there. Right. Essentially, it was it was Shang Chi and Aquafina, Katie, I guess, talking in the Sanctum Sanctorum with Wong, and on those glass projectors, I guess uh, Bruce Banner was there, his arm in a sling, if if you noticed. Correct. And yeah, exactly. And. <laughs> and uh captain marvel and they were talking about the origin of the 10 rings and they didn't it was you know very old but they didn't know exactly where they came from but there was something about the rings and their genetic makeup or whatever the case is that there's something there so they're like leading to something they they're just teasing a little bit for the future two theories one uh something to do with the eternals possibly or the other uh something to do with the multiverse and uh, at the end of Loki was Kang, Kang the Conqueror. Yep. And somehow that's from one of the older, other multiverses and it ended up on, in our universe. Okay. Um, I have a feeling it's not multiversal. Okay. Uh, it, it may be, but I'm leaning more towards Eternals and Celestials and something yeah, like that. Right. Um, but I have a feeling that they're leading towards something significantly bigger. Okay. I, I just don't know what it is yet. There, yeah. it's it's certainly pointing towards something. I just don't know. I, I can't put my finger on it yet. It's too early to tell. And I think we talked about this before. This is phase five, no phase four, essentially, mm-hmm. of of the MCU. And the last three phases were a decade long. So we're so very early on. Like, oh yeah. Like with WandaVision was. Well, I mean, I guess Spider Man No Way Home was no, not No Way. Um, Far, Far from, from Home was the very first part in phase four. Right. Um. But, it, but not really, because it was still very much so dealing with Phase 3 and, and the events of Endgame. So I feel like Far From Home was kind of the end credit scene of, of 
uh, phase three. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. That's what I was going to say. That, that was the end of that chapter. And WandaVision, you know, Loki, Captain America, and, or, or I'm sorry, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's the beginning of the next chapter of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Exactly. <clears throat> um, I feel like this is all leading towards some other thing, but it's yeah. going to be leading towards several different things because the next... 10 years essentially this is what it's going to take and lead up to we have no idea i mean i know we're getting x-men i know we're getting fantastic four yeah fantastic four yeah um i know that they were trying to set up like uh doom but doom could be in like three years whereas like the whole big bad is going to be 10 10 years from now which is wild i mean look at when the first iron man movie came out what year was that 2009 uh 2009 or 2007 i mean look at where we are right now in the marvel cinematic universe it's just i mean and nobody would have imagined that it would be here today when they saw you know iron man for the first time oh yeah you know hanging hanging on the underside of an f-22 yeah i don't i honestly don't think that they had all of this like with thanos and and everything like that in mind but the way that they did it and it's something that i've i've said before but i've i have faith in feige because they yeah. just don't prove me wrong. And right. I know a lot of people are, are critical and, and you know, they take their issues with certain things in certain movies, which is fine. I, I, I welcome that, like be critical so that they can be better so that they, you, you voice your, your opinion to where maybe they say, okay, well, okay. Maybe the the dark world was, you know, terrible and we shouldn't go that route again. <laughs> so that's why you have Thor Ragnarok to correct uh, the errors of the past. Look what the next one did. It was, right. it was, honestly the best thor movie it was one of my favorite of of the main six um avengers yeah easily so but anyway um back to shang chi my only complaint about shang chi um and like i said i'm not a critic (laughs) i mean everybody has opinions they're like assholes and elbows Um, i'm sorry is this podcast uh or that a a curse on this podcast (laughs) i don't know (laughs) um the final scene when he's flying on a dragon with his sister and they're fighting the evil soul-sucking dragon I was mm-hmm. like, man, there is a lot going on right now. Like, it's like a lot going on. My son, even my son's seven. And he looked at me and goes, daddy, there's a lot going on on the screen. And he like, mm-hmm. like I told you, like that, that link that he and I have, he took the words out of the mouth. So for a seven-year-old kid who, you know, loves King Kong versus Godzilla, who loves Pacific Rim, who loves Transformers, for him to say that, I was like, yeah, there's kind of a lot going on right now uh, on yeah. the screen. That's my only complaint. You know, the bus chase scene phenomenal the scene in the, so scr- sc- the scene in the skyscraper i mean absolutely incredible the, the you know the cinematography and we've talked about it like with loki like marvel's ability to build a world and a universe and immerse you in this in it nobody can touch it and uh, totally I mean, it's just the movie was a really really fun ride i mean that's the way i could say it i do have a couple critiques of the movie um not that i didn't like it but things that i uh i didn't like or i thought it could have been done differently mm-hmm. um number one like you said towards the end i don't know really know what did the rings do to be able to kill the big bad i don't know i thought it was the arrow through the neck <laughs> yeah uh, yeah when when katie aquafina like okay she gets the the sidekick hero moment where she you know targets the the weak point cool it, it's very unbelievable that she just used she had just learned to shoot a bow and arrow the day Correct. before and then and right like that it's like, all right, whatever. I'll also suspend disbelief for, for that. So, but I didn't know how exactly the rings took care of the whole problem and how it killed it. I don't know. I was just 
that was one thing. It didn't make sense to me. Uh, the other thing, which was bigger for me, I know it was kind of fan service to bring him back, but Trevor Slattery was so annoying to me. I, I don't think that I, I, it was nice to have, to see him like locked in the cells and, and he was like a, a plot device to have him continue the story to, to right. tell him where Talo was. But I think that they could have done it a little differently because yeah. I don't think that he needed to, to follow them throughout. I agree. Nothing that he said after that was funny. It, it didn't, it didn't hit. He didn't contribute to the film at all. Like, no, it was just like for him to show them this creature that he found one day or something. A Pokemon. And, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought it would better have been better for them to make an example out of him, whatever, uh, if they could have worked that into the story and then just executed him. Yeah, I thought that would have been another option to go. Maybe not a better option, but it would have been preferable to me because he just got annoying towards. Yeah, I agree. Everything after that, that uh, dungeon scene or whatever. Yeah. To me, you already have the comic relief with the sidekick, you know, so you exactly. don't need another comic relief who just for fan service. So yeah, uh, that's another one. Um, Aquafina, I, I, I'm not a big fan of, but I'm glad she wasn't as annoying as I was worried she was going to be. Right. And and she was funny. She she did have some some pretty solid lines, but she wasn't as bad as I thought she would. What she was going to be, which was nice. And it's not that I don't like her, but I I do find her not my favorite kind of sidekick, um, comic relief. Um, but overall, like the fighting was fantastic. Oh, uh, the other thing that I had a bit of a critique on was when they go to his sister's like fighting area and they see. You know the different fighting pits. Did you did you notice that there was uh, a widow in one of the the small time cells? I did not catch that. There was uh, okay. her name was Helen actually, mm-hmm. um, and she was in Black Widow. Okay. I just don't remember exactly where, but she's she's in there somewhere. I haven't seen Black Widow yet, so. Okay, well, I mean, you you know the general premise of right, whatever, um, but there is uh, a a widow down there, and it's it's a blink and you'll miss it. It's, it's not a huge deal, but my, where I find issue is where, and I thought it was cool, but Wong is fighting the abomination um, abomination and the match is over and they're in the locker rooms and they're buddies. I, yeah. I didn't understand. It's no, not that I have a critique. I just don't understand right. what they were going for. And abomination is quote a bad guy, but right. what's, what's changed and what is that relationship like? And where did they go to hang out, hang out? you know, after that scene, when they opened a portal, I, I just didn't, it didn't connect for me. It didn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of agree on that one. Although I have, I haven't seen incredible Hulk in years. So I won't even know like what happened to the character at the end. Uh, for, I, it's been years for me too, but from what I remember, um, Mark Ruffalo looked a lot different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't he age a well. lot like Edward Norton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did. No, but, um, uh, abomination's character he he just got beaten up and yeah. I, I don't know if he ever changed back to his human form or if he was just abomination from then on i don't i honestly don't remember right uh what i really did like about the film was it was with with the exception of them mentioning like a snap or something like that with the exception of that little tidbit you would not know that it's a marvel film correct it stood on its own it didn't have anybody else really yeah. with the exception of like the little uh cameos from like Trevor and and Wong and whatever, but for the very vast majority of the film, it stood on its own and it was yeah. still good. And and, and I'm glad that I like it's too. doing so well. Yeah, yeah. 
So. Um, another critique is the 30 minutes of trailers before the movie even began. I forgot yeah, how annoying was, that is. I was, uh, I was very surprised at how many trailers. And I'm like, was it always this many trailers? Yeah, but at the I same mean, time, it was kind of nice to be in the theater. You could see right, trailers for movies. I know you've seen them on YouTube or Facebook or whatever. It's not the same. It is not the same at all. No, definitely not. There yeah. And, and uh, my wife and I went to go see it. And there was one trailer. I don't even remember what, what it was for, but I think it was kind of showcasing the um, the surround sound and the high def sound. Yeah. And I'm like, was it always this loud or am I just old? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the final trailer was for the Eternals. Uh, and like you just said, you know, you could watch a trailer on YouTube and yeah, it looks great. And, you know, but when you actually see a trailer for the Eternals, on in a movie theater it just looks absolutely incredible when you see the giant yeah. like overwhelming hulk of the celestial on the big <laughs> screen it was like oh, it makes it significantly better yeah I, i'm really looking forward to that movie like can we bring galactus already like when is he just going to show up and yeah. dominate everything were you surprised that they didn't have the no way home trailer I was, but that's Sony, right? That's separate from. Yeah, no, but but they but Sony and Marvel play. They'll. Yeah, um... I know, I know with Spider Man because the well, like the Venom, rights. Venom was was in ours. Yeah, the the new one, Carnage, which looks yep. alright. I don't know how I feel about that one. It's Venom to me is such a um, it's a dessert that I won't order off a menu, but if it's in the fridge, I'll have it. Fair kind enough. Of thing like yeah. it's not exactly what I'm going to go for, but it's something mm-hmm. that I'll enjoy because it's there. Yeah. Um. I love Tom Hardy. I know you love Tom Hardy as well. Agreed. Um, I think he is not a great Eddie Brock, but <laughs> his accent's a little off. I'll tell you what, though. I will take him over Topher Grace any day of the week, though. Oh, a thousand percent agree with you on that one. Yeah. Can I just erase Spider-Man 3 altogether? Um, I've, I went back and I started watching all of the Spider-Man, Spider, Spider-Man's movies. Um, I went through the original trilogy. Um, I watched both Andrew Garfield's <clears throat> and now I just, and I just finished homecoming. So I still have a uh, far from home left to do. Uh, and then I'm going to do into the spider verse, which is fantastic. By the way, I absolutely despise Topher Grace as Eddie Brock, because that's not what the character was supposed to be. He wasn't nope. supposed to be a whiny bitch. Um, so Tom Hardy has that over him as far as being a little bit more of a gruff, manly kind of ish like that but i still don't think it was cast properly i Correct. love the venom in the in the venom movies i love the the symbiote and i mm-hmm. love how they actually refer to themselves as we instead of i yeah they they screwed that up too it was wasn't there a dance scene in spider-man 3 at some point yeah i i kid you not i, I went back to rewatch it and i skipped over it because it was so bad it was like I, I got through the, um, you know, the finger pointing and him going through getting a new outfit. Uh, but when it got to the jazz club that he brought uh, Gwen Stacy to when where Mary Jane was uh, waitressing at or singing at at the time, it was so bad. I couldn't even watch it. It was just so cringy. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you on that. I do not like uh, Woody Harrelson as Carnage. I thought that was the worst casting. That yeah, I, I agree. Done. Not a fan of that whatsoever. I, mean, we talk I like Woody Harrelson the... in, in um, True Detective, but Phenomenal. I, I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna believe him as uh, as as Venom as Carnage. No, I said even the uh, the act the actor who played Rorschach in the Watchmen movies. I think he looks more like a a Carnage 
um, other than, you know, Woody Harrelson just doesn't know. I remember when the first Venom movie came out and we saw the after credit scene where it, it showed, um, am I getting the name wrong? Uh, Cletus Cassidy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where they showed uh, Woody Harrelson as, as that character. That night, or maybe it was the next day, I went online and I started looking up redheaded actors <laughs> to say, how many people could they have picked that is not him? Because it's just so bad casting. Uh, one of the Weasley twins from the Harry Potter universe. I mean, there's yep. tons of you know, other people that could have been given a shot. Not a, yeah, just doesn't, whatever. He'll be, you know, CGI for most of the movie anyways. Yeah. And, and that's fine. So long as it's brutal, so long as it's dark, that's, 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 all, that's yeah. all I ever want. So, all right. So let's move on a little bit. Um, I have a new segment that I started the last episode, which I, I really liked and I, and I want to continue on, uh, which is tell me a story. Christian, God, I hate calling you that. Um, <laughs> Christian, tell me a story about uh, fatherhood, parenthood, husbandhood. Tell me a story. Uh, I got two stories. One where I succeeded as a parent <laughs> and one where I failed miserably uh, as a parent. Uh, both involve my job uh, and both involve uh, me being on SWAT. Start with the good. One of my favorite movies, the good, the good, the bad, the ugly. You always start with the good. Years ago on the SWAT team, we were issued uh, night vision goggles. Um, if anybody's, or any of your listeners have ever worn them, it is an amazing uh, piece of technology. For those of you who have not had the opportunity to utilize them, uh, the NVGs we were issued, I could literally look up at the sky um, in South Florida, and we all know how bright it is and how little of the night sky you can see. And I could see every star in the sky. I could see satellites. I mean, that's how powerful this technology was. Um, my son was about three and he was obsessed with Maui. Um, we even had his third birthday party was themed, uh, Moana. Um, we had like a slip and slide. We had tons of stuff set up in the backyard. He loved Maui and he loves the Kakamoras. Kudos to mm-hmm. Disney for the Kakamoras and, and kind of stealing the soundtrack, the Fury Road. Side, side note, I, I did not piece that together with the uh, Kakamoras, which are the coconuts from, from Moana. You're but that was kind a, of a yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> I introduced you to that. Well, true. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I told you about that. I think we were texting at the time, and I'm like, "Hey, did you catch where that song's from?" And you were like, "No." I remember that. I did not yeah. catch it at all, and then I yeah. went back and watched it because at the time my daughter was watching it like crazy. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, this is kind of like Fury Road." Yeah. So happy. <laughs> Fury Road, one of the best movies of all time. Um. Anyway, so he lost a little Kakamora at the neighborhood playground. And we realized it at like nine o'clock at night. And I told my wife, and I'm like, oh, I'll go find it. And she's like, no, you won't. There's no way. And I'm like, no, watch me. And I put on my night vision goggles. And <laughs> the playground's on like a five-acre lot. And it's pretty dark over there. We have, we have street lights, but it's not illuminated. Um, side note, I always thought it'd be really creepy to dress up like a clown and swing on the swing set at like one o'clock in the morning playing carnival music. But there's also like, you know, <laughs> cops and firefighters in my neighborhood so i might get shot if i ever decide to do that um <laughs> so i walked over to the park or yeah i walked over to the park wearing the night vision goggles uh and sure enough under the uh playground i noticed a little shape and i walked over and i found uh the kakamora and i walked back home and i showed my son and i was dad of the year and my wife <laughs> couldn't believe it you know everybody's like no way and i was like yeah i found it he was he was three was he like devastated when when he realized that he didn't have it. Oh yeah. This was like his Kakamora. Like this was the, the one, you know, kids always attach like one specific toy. Yeah. And this, okay. this was like the one that he wanted. 
Um, we bought a few more after that, just in case, you know. Good call. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was a time where, you know, just I succeeded as a dad. And nice. I used uh, the tools of my, my job at the time, and I was able to do that. Uh, the time I failed, uh, <laughs> I'm not so proud of this. Uh, and like I said earlier, you know, you put your job before your family. Um, my daughter's fifth birthday, and this is going uh, a year before, we're going to go see uh, Moana in theater is when it had just been released. And being on the SWAT team, you know, for holidays, family events, stuff like that, if you were going to be out of town or busy, you could always say you were unavailable. Um, so I, for, I forgot to say that morning that I was unavailable for the day because it was my daughter's birthday. Um, made her breakfast, and I got a phone call from our station that we had a uh, an in-progress violent domestic that had turned into a barricaded situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the phone call, and I was like, oh, this is bad. And I look at my wife, and I was like, hey, I got to go. She's like, no, you don't. I said, no, I, I got to go. Duty calls. And she looked at me, and she said, it's your daughter's birthday. And I said, okay, well, you know, I'll wrap this up in a few hours and I'll be home, you know, and and, and we'll catch the movie late in the afternoon. And, uh, you know, I left and I got to the scene, you know, I opened my trunk and I was opening my trunk. All the Christmas gifts were in the back of my police car because, you know, we, we, we wrapped them like a week prior because you don't want to, you don't, you don't want to wrap it, you know, uh, the night before Christmas. Sure. So I had wrapped all the Christmas gifts, put in the back of my car, open my car and all the gifts fall out. And I'm thinking to myself, and I'm like, man, what if something were to happen to me, you know, on this call? You know, not only did I put my job before my family, but now, you know, I've, it it was, it was, it was at that moment that I realized I had made such a huge mistake. Uh Um, You know, so we ended up, you know, clearing the call. We went to go to the debrief. Um, I don't know if any of your listeners are police officers, if they've ever been on a debrief, but a debrief can be anywhere from, you know, 30 minutes to two hours. Usually it's on the long run because everybody has an opinion and they want to get their two cents in. And I looked at my team leader, I pulled him aside and I said, Hey, you know, it's my daughter's birthday. You mind if I skip the debrief and get out of here? He's like, dude, what are you even doing here? Go home. <laughs> so I went, I was driving home. I called my wife and I said, Hey, you know, I'll make the movie. And we, we got home and we didn't talk about it that night. We didn't talk about it the next day. And it was like a week later. And she was like, don't ever make that mistake again. Mm. And she was like, you know, your career is not more important than your family. And it was kind of like, you know, we need you here. You know, so it's like you kind of alluded to earlier, you know, where you feel like, you know, so much rests on you, you know, and as a father, I think, you know, a lot of, we, we do put a lot of that pressure on ourselves um, where we do have a spouse that we can always, you know, it's nothing wrong in admit, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, having a bad day where you can split, share that responsibility. And I've even talked about it with my wife, you know, and I got this from Jordan Peterson, you know, you have your flaws, your wife has your flaws, but together you make one solid person. You know what I mean? So like <laughs> yeah. if, if you're having a good, if you're having a bad day, you, you know, your wife can step up and, you know, step up to 70% while you're down at 30. And if she's having a bad day, you know, you might step up to 80% and she's floating down at 20%. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need to have that balance. And uh, that day I, I definitely let my job come before my family. And I vowed, you know, I would never, you know, make that mistake again because I don't want to sacrifice what I have and lose, you know, the support and, and, and not be there for my kids. So it's good to have that balance and, and not make those mistakes. I know it's probably been a while, but did you think about like what your dad said when, when, how, like how you said you had, a, you had it out with your dad that one day when he said that oh, he yeah. had his career before his family, did you think oh, about one, that? 100%, you know, driving home after I called her said, Hey, we can make the movie. And then that's one of the first thoughts that popped into my mind, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just for my mental health and, you know, 
you know, my parents ended up divorcing in their, in their, you know, when I was in my twenties in college and, you know, just both were at fault. Um, but I, I think about that often of, you know, putting your career before your family and, you know, what a bad decision that can be. And, you know, you just, you know, we, as men, you know, we, as fathers, we put all this pressure on us that sometimes we, I think we create in our mind, we create this pressure in our mind that really isn't there, you know, and you look at your kids and, you know, your kids may not remember, you know, what, what's going on at that moment. So, you know, I, I think about like my dad, cause my dad was in law enforcement for longer than I was alive. So I, I always remember him being at work. Yeah. Dad is at yeah. work, but damn it if he didn't make every game mm-hmm. that I like baseball game that I had I I was too young to remember it but I know that he coached both my brothers right. my sister in softball yeah. my dad loves baseball and you know for my sister's softball so he was always there on the weekends to coach but through the week dad wasn't home like yeah. for me that dad, dad wasn't home he he was very committed to the profession um, unfortunately, like the home life had to be sacrificed a little bit for that, but he was home at nighttime. Sometimes it was later, but I always missed that, that quality time with my dad during the week. Like, sure. I was, it was there on, on the, the weekends for, for games, like for a baseball game or taking me fishing one day, but I'm, I'm the youngest of four. So he was spread thin. Not only did he have to be, you know, high up in the police department that he was working at whatever time it was, cause there was a few of them. And then he also had to be a husband and a father to four different kids. So I remember every single thing that I ever did with him because it was very meaningful because I right. didn't get a lot of time with him. Yeah. So, so every, everything, even from being very young, I, I remember. So at, at this point in both of our kids' lives, mine are, are younger than yours. It's, it makes it more real for me to make them good memories instead of, you know, being checked out or being too tired to, to play Barbies or whatever. So I think it's, I think that's really important too, is to make sure that, that you put the time in to, to be there with them. Yeah. 100% agree with you. Like I'm the oldest of four, you know, I do have fond memories of my parents and good memories of my dad, but just that, that comment, you know, sticks out and, you know, looking back and, you know, him not coming home till eight o'clock at night. And it's like, all right, well, I got to go to bed because I got school in the morning and, you know, yeah. So, you know, I stopped working details years ago. I don't take overtime assignments unless the kids are in school. So just because to me, being home is just so important. Yeah. And that foundation, you know, and, and having those those talks at dinner time, you know, and then having Saturday and Sunday breakfast, you know, to me, those are times that you can never make up for. You know, you can have right. all the money, you can have all the money in the world. You know, I was making overtime on that call out, you know, the money, the overtime is great. You know, I enjoy the money, but if something were to happen to me, okay, the money is going to be meaningless because now my kids don't have a father. Yeah. And even more so like, yeah, the money, the money is good for what buying them a couple extra toys. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I would, I would sacrifice a, a few toys for playing another round of Barbies or taking mm-hmm. her in the pool. Yep. So yep. it's um the, the time is better than, is better than the money, no matter what you do. Uh, well on that note uh, that's it for today's episode everybody thank you very much Christian for being my guest today Uh, as I like to do with all of my guests do you have any last words for our listeners tonight Uh, cheers to all the men out there Uh, thank you for supporting my friend uh, Mr. Moss I think he's doing a great (laughs) job with this podcast Uh, drinking and talking about being dad nothing better than that (laughs) Um, and that's all stay strong cheers to you my friend thank you very much for being on the show good night everybody Good night.
Good night, baby.